Welcome to the Moss Talk Podcast. Hey, what's happening with the world? Welcome to another episode of the Moss Talk Podcast. I am your host, Mr. JJ Moss, and I got another partner of mine on the show today representing that chat town. Uh, me and this brother actually. Uh, we've been keeping in contact for a while now. We posted Ben did this, and I'm going to let them know now as we are recording live right now that uh, we got a lot more on the way. But um, this brother right here, he has his own YouTube channel that I've been following, and I'm letting all my viewers and my listeners know that, you know, please tap into this brother right here because it's not only the interviews that he does, but it's also the topics that he speak on. And I feel like He's speaking on topics that a lot of other individuals are not talking about, far especially with the black community, man. So we're gonna get to know more about him, and we're gonna uh, chop it up with him, man. So please welcome to the show today, the one and only RMJR. What's happening with him, my guy? What's going on, my brother? Hey, I can't call him, man. Before we get into anything, man, how's the family doing? How's your your mental health, and how's everything uh, going for you? Man, I can't complain, man. I gotta stay. I appreciate you for asking about the mental health because a lot of people think that this is an easy road to take. And you know, as well as I know, it's hard mm -hmm. just dealing in the day-to-day -day because being in the light that I'm in, I'm always misunderstood. But it's it's cool, I can Oh man, like I said, we this has been a long time in the making, far as behind the scenes, man. So like we've been, uh, we've been chopping it up, going back and forth. So we finally able to get this done. Like I said, this is not gonna be the only one. So we got a lot more on the way. But before we get into your story, man, and just how everything that you got going as of right now, man, I want to kick it off. I didn't get a chance to uh, uh, watch you and Mo little, uh, little Mo films live, and you got well, me and my, me and my Reese. I <laughs> call him by his government. Shout I didn't get a chance Reese, to um, shout out to my Reese. Shout out to shout out to little Mo Films. Uh, uh, also, y'all be on the lookout for our new episode. But I didn't get a chance to check you guys' uh live out uh, with his live, and you had tried to chime in speaking about the uh Will Smith and Chris Rock situation at the Oscars that uh, that took place last week, man. So I wanted to know what your take on it, man. Like, what was your whole opinion about that whole situation? Man, I'm going to tell you like this. I'm going to get, I ain't even really, I kind of gave my opinion, but I ain't give it directly. So I'm going to give it to you live on the Moss Talk podcast. Will Smith has what I've coined lollipop tendencies. Yeah, yeah. Will Smith got lollipop tendencies. And what I mean by that is, man, I stated one time a man who is led by his woman has lollipop tendencies. Now, now, let's deal with it. I'm going to deal with it a little bit for just looking at what happened because I don't know Will Smith personally. But yeah. when Chris Rock stated what he stated, the camera cut to Will Smith. Will Smith was laughing. Then you could see Jada giving that look. That look like. I, so Will Smith, Will Smith actually thought it was funny. Then she, I'm pretty sure she gave him that look like, hey, you better handle that. So he went on and did what he did. So, man, listen, man. You don't let your woman dictate. Now, I ain't saying don't take up for your woman. That ain't what I'm saying. But you mm -hmm. don't let your woman run you, man. That's lollipop tendencies. <laughs> now, um, 
that phrase has been a while for a little minute now, and I always uh, associated that um, that phrase with you, man. Uh, how did you come up with that? And for those who have never heard of that term, man, uh, what does that actually mean? Okay. It's more than one definition as far as from you, but I wanted to know, like, what do you coin it as, like, far as the meaning, the actual meaning behind it? All right, let me state this. Anytime you, you hear, and I, this is worldwide, I don't, ain't nobody before me, RMJR, coin, mm -hmm. I coined the phrase lollipop tendency. So if you hear anybody, I don't care what level they on, if they say that, y'all know y'all got it from yours truly. Now, with that being said, this is what it means. I'm a believer in the Bible. The Bible say when you think... When you're, when you're a child, you think as a child. But when you grow up as a man, you put away childish things. So mm -hmm. with that being said, as you become a man, you don't see no man walking around. As a child, you might see a young man or a young woman with a lollipop. So as a man, you don't see no grown man walking around sucking on no lollipop with the squirrels in the middle. What we doing? <laughs> what we doing? So really, it's all... I. I coined the phrase basically challenging men to be men and putting away child they childish ways. That's it. Simple as that. And for y'all who don't know, I give you the sneak peek. The book is on the way. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I definitely the heard that. The book is on the way. Yeah, man. My, honestly, with me, far as that whole Will Smith and Chris Rock situation, I look at it as, look at what it is. It's Hollywood. Absolutely. It's is in that the elite Hollywood circle. So I looked at it as like, you know what? At the end of the day, they got what they wanted for us, the attention. Everybody mentioned it. Um, everybody, you know, I guess gained something from it. I don't know about Will Smith because it seems like they're trying to pull the, the, the cancer trigger on him right now was from all the news that I'm hearing. So we'll talk about it a little later. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that's, was all staged because if people have done their research and looked at the um, the viewership for the Oscars, the ratings have been declining for a while. Yeah, they've been and real low. Exactly. So anytime, as far as these networks go, as uh, far as these like these these award shows, we already know what it is when it comes to black folks and this uh, this industry. They like to treat us a certain way. They like to pay us a certain way. But at the end of the day, they're afraid to admit, but they know it. They need us. Absolutely. They need us. Everything that they have for us, these billions and these corporations and these, these television empires was built off the back, backs of black entertainers and black producers, black cameramen and uh and women. Far as just all black folks, that's all their empires and their beings was built off their talents, the acting skills, the everything of black folks. So, guess who they used in order to get their ratings up? Now, like I said, I don't know what's going on. It's looked like they're trying to pull the cancer trigger on Will, and it's kind of reminded me of Bill Cosby all over again. Like he 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 spent all his time having this. This squeaky clean, motivational, inspira uh, inspirational image, and this one little situation could basically tear it all down. That's what it's looking like because every time I'm looking up, he resigned from here. 
Uh, Netflix is pulling the plug on the movie that they were supposed to be producing for them this year. And this company is putting a stop to this right here. So I don't know. We just have to wait and see. But it seemed like that, you know, they're really trying to pull that, 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 that trigger on there, cancel trigger on him, man. I feel like, yes, I'm, I'm like, I'm normal. I'm human just like anybody else. I laugh at the memes and stuff like that. But I think, like, if they are trying to do this, then this is the time for us to, you know, kind of stand behind them. You know, no, don't feed into it. I mean, we already kind of did, but don't feed fully into it. You know what I'm saying? We got to, we like, Will has been around for a very long time, and he's been that, that, that pillar for black folks for a very long time. So we not already watched them get rid of a lot of our, uh, our black heroes as far as this industry go. We we've witnessed it. Our black heroes in this industry, anytime they die, they leaving with a bad rep. Mm -hmm. They leaving with a, a stain on their name. So we, we can't allow this no more. I definitely feel like we can't allow this to happen no more. So hey, let me, let me ask you something. Have you kept up with the uh, winners of, of the Oscars over the years? After after they won the Oscar, honestly, no. All right, let me let me give the people something. Look at Monique after she won her Oscar. Look at uh, Halle Berry after she won her Oscar. Look at now Will Smith. What they're doing is have Jamie Foxx won an Oscar because I don't. He won one for Ray. If you look at the careers after the Oscar for all black actress. And actors, they bring them down a notch. And their career slows down some dramatically, some a little bit slower than others. But what mm -hmm. they do is they start their hawk process with they're bringing their careers to a stop after they win the Oscar. And a lot of people don't know that. But they don't, when a, when a quote-unquote Caucasian uh, wins the Oscar, their careers elevate. They they skyrocket. Yeah, but that never happens to the black or excuse me, because this shirt is black, to a brown uh actor or actress. So Let we just we this. just gotta pay attention to that. Let me ask you this. Like far as your opinion, why do you think they do that? Because far as for us, like damn, do you think they put like a glass ceiling up? Like once you reach this Oscar level. Ah, that's all you can go. You can't do nothing else. Do you think that's what they do to us as far as in the Hollywood circle? I mean, not just Hollywood. They do it in everything. All right, think about this. Just, I, I affiliate all that stuff with Hollywood as far as the music industry, the entertainment industry. Just sports. Sports, all that. All that, to me, is part of the Hollywood circle. Think about this. If I put, if I put you in the Academy, which the Academy Awards, uh, the NBA is an Academy. It's all an Academy. And your ceiling in the academy is this. So you mm -hmm. scribe your whole life to get there. You could have better roles than the role that you do to get there, like the MVP. You could have a better season than the season you had to win the MVP. But yeah. if I don't think it's good enough because it's my league and this is my academy, you did it for nothing. You didn't do mm -hmm. it for nothing, but you're looking for my attention. That's one of the things I be telling our brothers and sisters. We got to create our own. As long as we keep looking to the Academy Awards, the NBA, the Grammys, and things of that nature, then we done lost already. 
man, you hit the nail on the head with that one. And speaking of the Grammys, which is honestly, I've just figured out was tonight as we were recording this. And I really wasn't even thinking about the Grammys. You know, I really, I, I stopped being interested in the Grammys, I say about 2008 ish, 2009. But as the years go by, you seeing like I asked the question every single year, just like you know when they broke the news that they Kanye won't uh, won't be allowed to perform. He got poor as far as his performance, and you know people saw him. We gonna boycott, 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 boycott. We do this every single year. Like when are we gonna stop boycotting and start putting these minds together and create our own? Like why are we still trying to like even 20, 30 years later, forty years later, we're still trying to get these. Uh, these Caucasians approval. We still trying to get approval from the elite. Like why? Like, I feel like, you know, with all this that's going on and it's more easier to, you know, create a brand these days, man, we can all come together and create our own. All these powerful names that so-called want to boycott the Grammys and stuff like that. Come on, man. Like all the resources they got, they could have bit had something to, uh, came together and put, uh, put something together, man. All right, check this out. And people, when you put this out, people are going to get mad. But hey, it is what it is. Cause that's it what is I what do. It is. This is what I do. Okay, all the all the people that's just quote unquote boycott the Grammys, they are gatekeepers in mm-hmm. our community. Mm-hmm. And what they have been told by their superiors is this is your assignment. So to draw more attention to the Grammys. I don't care if you boycott the Grammys, as long as you use a Caucasian facility, you're going to make Caucasians money. So guess what? Boycott the Grammys all you want. Just fill our pockets even more. Yep. We, we still going to win. That's yep. why one of the statements I tell people, and I told this to Maurice, shout out Maurice. I told him that we might as well go to the Grammys if we're going to do it that way, unless it's going to be an all brown extravaganza where we spin brown we it's a brown facility we spin brown and everything is brown grassroots to the top and the sad part is like that's i mean a lot of people may look at that as impossible but i think it can happen it's just everybody has to be definitely on the same page because if what that does is it draws more attention to the Grammys. Boycott the Grammys. Why you even got to say the Grammys name? Just do it. Exactly. That means it's just like uh, segregation. Oh, we need to come. That we need to be. Uh, we need to be accepted. Since they don't accept us, let's boycott. That's a slavery mindset. I agree. I agree 100%, my guy. Man, but uh, well, we finna go ahead and switch it up, man, because I've always wanted to get into your story. You know what I'm saying? Watch you on uh, Lil Mo's page. Y'all go uh, check out Lil Mo Films. And uh, you grew up, you know, so we're gonna talk, we'll take to the Genesis. Uh, you grew up in Chattanooga, correct? Absolutely, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, uh, what part of Chattanooga? The correct name would be College Hill Courts. But for those on the outside and uh, those on the on the surface, they call it the west side. Okay, call it the west side. Now, uh, for you, you know what I'm saying, what was your experience like growing up 
or say on the west side of Chattanooga? Like, what were some of those personal experiences that you had growing up? Well, for for instance, I've seen I've seen two murders. I've seen I've seen domestic violence. I've seen ah, I've seen I've witnessed the aftermath of a rape. Like it's it's. Like you name it, pretty much I've seen drug deals, I've seen shootings, I've seen murders. You name it, I done saw it. So mm-hmm. it's like that's one of the reasons why I'm pushing the line that okay, I come from that. I was involved, well, I was ingrained in that or in my environment. I understand, hey, we could be better. Cause honestly, I I didn't grow up, I didn't leave the hood, as they call it, the projects till I was 18 years old. Okay, okay. That I was born there and I was 18. Gotcha. Now, with everything that you saw, uh, was it much different for the household that you grew up in? Like you seeing all these domestic violences and stuff like that, you seeing all these issues going on within the community that you're surrounded by. Was those the same issues that you was witnessing in your household, or was it different? Honestly, man, I'm gonna give it to you real because I that's how I do it on the show. Me and my little sister, I got a, my little sister, she goes by Chopper, or the real Chopper on Facebook. Um, we we experienced a lot of traumatic experiences, even in our household. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like my father, my father was a womanizer early on, and my father passed, and he was also an alcoholic. I, I'm not ashamed to say it because that's part of my testimony. Uh-huh. And early on, and I honestly... My whole mind frame was shaped, hey, be a womanizer, be a pimp. Because when I started ripping early on in the 10th grade, right after my, that's what I wanted to be, a pimp. Because I was mesmerized by the macking, as some would say, or the environment. And I was like, wow. when I finally woke up, I was like, whoa, this what was going on? But yeah, I experienced it. I, I experienced uh, drug addiction was in my household. Uh, womanizing was in my house. You name it, I done pretty much experienced it in my own household as well. So it's, it wasn't just on the outside. I dealt with it directly as well. Oh, man. Now, uh, if you don't mind me asking, well, where was your mom at this time? Uh, oh, my, mo- my mother and my father was together. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> my mother and father was married. Before I was born to the day my father died, when I was like 14 years old. Rest in peace. Yeah. Now, um, even though with all that going on in the house, um, now you spoke about how your dad was. What was the relationship like with your mom? Oh, man, my mom was super tight. But at the same time, we got to understand, like, this one thing, based on what I went through, I had to understand my parents' background because a lot of people, they look at their parents and be like, oh, you should have it figured out. But uh, Mm -hmm. they never looked at, okay, what type of stock did my parents come from? Mm -hmm. And one of the things I had to do, okay, I knew who my mother and father was, but I had to go and look at, okay, where's my granddaddy? Where's my grandmother? I knew my grandmothers and I met my grandfathers, but guess what? My grandmother's was never married to my grandfather's on either side. Well, I think my grandma, let me take that back. I think my grandmother on my father's side was married to my dad for a little while. Not long, but for a little while. So with that being said, both my mother and my father, their fathers wasn't there primarily. 
So oh. that put them automatically at a disadvantage. And a lot of people don't want to tell you that. That's true. That is definitely true, man. Now, um, taking it back to your childhood days, man, what were some of the things you were into as a child? Man, <laughs> I played I play basketball. I played my primary love was basketball. And I picked up I picked up doing music when I was like, but in the sixth grade. And it, I'm gonna uh -huh. tell the story a little bit of the story. My cousin, my cousin is he kind of off in the head, but that's still my cousin. He he made a uh, how I got into <laughs> rapping. He made a diss track about me. Back we oh. we was just back when you was doing it on the tape. He made a diss track about me. So I was like, okay, nah, I can't let you do that. So, <laughs> so so I went and made a diss track on on him. And I used the, uh, I had the instrumental playing in the back on CD and I used the tape to record it. And I'm going to tell you what instrumental it was. I learned how to rap over the Goody Mob uh, cell therapy. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. Uh, now for you, now you said you got into rap um, for you. Now, of course us, we we're Southerners. So we grew up on, most of the same stuff, you know, but I want to know, man, who are some of those hometown heroes you grew up on that came out the city? Like, of course, everybody, as far as, like, they got their locals. They got their local legends or the ones that they grew up on before they got a hold of the mainstream sound. So who were some of those chat town legends that you grew up on listening to? What if it was rap, R&B, or whatever? You saying grew up listening to? Yeah, like, that you can't, like, people that, or you grew up listening to, or people that was out during that time that was doing their thing out in Chattanooga like we may not know about. Uh, let me say this, man. I'm 39 years old. So around the time I started rapping, I started rapping in what, 90, 96, 95. So a lot of the guys create, help create the scene, the hip hop scene in Chattanooga. I know them personally. So, uh, I, so you came up with them. So Yeah. So it was like, no one in, in our area, we all grew up to kind of like the same people. And then as we was making our ascension in music, we was we was peers. So it was like when you had, I'm pretty sure you know about your D Scots and your fam records and those those guys. Check this mm -hmm. out. While D Scott, while down south affiliated and fam records was putting a play together. I was making my own play in the 10th grade. I put out, I funded my own CD in the 10th grade working. Oh, okay. That's oh, okay. why That's if you, if you go look at, I've interviewed both CEOs of both labels, Shorty yeah. and D Scott. And I know them personally. I know Shorty when I, I knew Shorty as a child though, as mm -hmm. a teenager. So as I was making my ascension or trying to make my ascension into the rap, rap game i knew shorty personally because we was from the same neighborhood all right now what uh, do you remember when you like you say you drop you um you put out your own you funded your own cd in the 10th grade now before yeah. that took place like do you remember when you decided to want to take it seriously to pursue pursue it seriously like want to put out your own stuff like when did that uh when did that spark Honestly, man, I it was a it had a, I had a desire to do it when I started rapping. But when my father, like while my father was living, 
my whole mind frame was basketball, basketball, basketball. I had uh-huh. a, I had a trajectory that I thought I was going to at least college. NBA was kind of far off, but I thought I was going to at least college. But when my father passed when I was in the ninth grade, reality set in. And I was like, hey, I got to go get me a job. You know what I'm saying? My mom, I told my mom, look, as your son, you just handled my little sister. I'm going to take care of me. So the the summer of ninth grade, I got a job. And what's crazy, as the time I got the job, I ended up meeting Kevin Block Freeman, who at the time owned Conscious Steps Entertainment, which changed the block life. And people mm-hmm. who in, in Chattanooga know that that studio is a very cemented part of the Chattanooga legacy for its hip hop. And mm-hmm. I started rapping in 98 in the ninth grade, like my summer ninth grade year. And mind you, I said I put out my first project in, when I was in the 10th grade. So I started rapping prior to that. So once I got once my father passed and I got a job and I met uh, Kevin Freeman at a program in the in the inner the city. And I think we was at James A. Henry. Shout out Coretta Holmes who uh, allowed me, who put the program together, who allowed me to meet Kevin Freeman. Okay, that's what's up. And that now, was in 90, uh, 90, late summer 98, something like that. Oh, man. So, now as you putting together this this uh, this uh, this album in the 10th grade, and you also working, and you know, you kind of, ta- you're taking the slack off your mom. You're letting her know, I, hey, mom's like, just take care of little sis. You know, so I take care of me. So, therefore, you won't have to, that money can go to y'all. So, man, what was the name of that album? And when you had, when you released it, man, what was the traction that you had got uh, within the city? Uh, that name of the album, it was me and a friend, partner of mine. Uh, his name is Marcus Jackson, but he went by Mark J. And I went by, at the time, MVP. And the name of the project was Tango and Cash. I was influenced by the old movie Tango and Cash. And, okay. and w- how we came up with the name, Mark was he was kind of he was kind of the scrappier individual. And I funded the project. So he liked to he wouldn't mind scrapping and I wouldn't mind spending the money. So he was tango, I was cash. Okay, okay. Now after the release of that project. And like you're in 10th grade, uh, what's what's going on within your life? Like far as your personal life, like are you continuing going to school or what's going on? Yeah, I went to school. I graduated from uh, Howard High School, class of oh. 2001. So I, I ain't drop out of nothing. I stayed in school. But at the time, yeah. man, to be honest with you, I'm tr- I'm working, trying to sell. This back when we were selling CDs, like phys- physical CDs. Yeah, independent so, <laughs> So I'm out in the hood. I ain't had no car at the time. I think I got the car. My mom gave me my father's car a little later on. But at the time, I'm, I got the box of CDs. You know what I'm saying? I ordered 500 CDs. You keep it all the way real. Ordered 500 CDs in a brown box. Paid for the label and everything. Dedicated it to my father. And I'm going in the mm-hmm. neighborhood because I was influenced by uh, your fam records and stuff like that. So I'm putting mm-hmm. out I'm putting, and actually, uh, shout out, Maul the Pimp was on my first album. Shout out, Maul the Pimp. Yeah, he was on the first project. Uh, it was a song called West Wayne Boys. So we put out, I put out the CD. I helped fund it 
So we were selling records. I mean, selling CDs hand to hand, man. It was a hand to hand hustle. And I end up selling every one of them. Oh, man. Now. For $10 at the time. See, that's what I'm saying. A lot of like, even though we we both, we agree that, you know, it's much easier to put out music. But I feel like that, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like that that, that old hustle was still kind of slick needed. Because absolutely, individuals like yourself, and even at a time when I was uh pursuing rap back in Memphis, you know, saying passing out stuff or trying to sell it like uh, downtown, that's that was part of the grind, you know, what I'm saying that was part of the hustle and bustle of trying to get your music out, you know, what I'm saying people coming up to you, hey man, I checked out your stuff, man, you you pretty dope, man, keep it up, keep it up. I'm, I, 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 I cop the next one and stuff like that. I feel like that hustle is still needed, but you know, it's everything has moved to the internet now and made it much easier. But I think that right there makes you appreciate the grind and the process that that you have to go through. Not only recording the music, but once you put it out and try to get it into people's hands, especially if you're a new artist, you know, what I'm saying trying to uh, build a a, 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 a a real organic fan base. I'm going to tell you something too, man, because right now I got my management company, RMJR Management. And I got yeah. a, I got T Riser, I got Coop the Beat Man, and I got a young artist by the name of Zashun on the roster right now. And y'all go, y'all go. Uh, if you need some beats, come to everybody on the Coop Beat is is well known in the city around the southeast. And uh, T Riser, he's got a he got a project he's working on, and y'all go tune in to that beat racket. It's already at forty. 40,000 uh 40,000 views on YouTube. Yes, so we sir. doing yes, sir. so we doing doing major things, but I'm gonna tell you something man. It's like the internet has made the a lot of underground artists lazy, man. They think all you could do is uh put out a project and if you want the project to move, hey, let's pay let's pay somebody to promote instead of having that hustle, man. I think that's one thing that's lacking in the industry. Entertainment industry, period, but especially music. I agree. I agree all the way. Now, as you was out here doing your thing with the music, uh, you releasing CDs and you selling them and stuff like that. When does things start to uh, change for you? Like, does it is, is there ever a point where you start to kind of move up? As far as music. Yeah, fly, fly. You get to like you, you're doing it on a, like a lower independent level, and then most people will start, you know, rising up. Like, did it ever get to that point with you, or did you switch to something else? It was close, man. Like, honestly, as a man, I start like it was cool when I was in high school, but when I became an adult, life got real. I had I had my own rent, I had my own light bill, water bill. Cause like I said, man, I moved out. I moved out of my mom's. I moved out the project when I was 18 years old. So now, mind you, I'm going to keep this real, all the way real. As me as a man, I'm having to deal with my mother. After my father passed, my mother started to dabble back into drugs because she got a little off kilter. So I had to really handle damn near two households at one time. Oh, man. So me being a man, I'm like, I, I want to rap, but I, I can't let my little sister go out like that. So it was times to where I had to fun, 
uh, have some of my funds coming in, I got to put it over here because I can't see my, my family like that. And I had a whole nother household. So I was still putting out projects here and there, but it was like as I grew up and started to mature, I was like, uh, it's cool. I still got the talent, but I got it's either it's life, it's music or life. I had to uh make a grown man decision and choose life. I couldn't let my family go out just for me to put out some music. But I did balls, I did bubble. I was on the bubble. I had a song called Yeah, that's me around I want to say 2000 and I was bubbling and I'm going to tell you what happened. Gilly the kid and the major figures right out I drop. I didn't have my that's why I tell people get your stuff copyrighted. Right out yeah, that's, drop, awesome. that's what happened. <laughs> so as you said that you was like I, I knew exactly, when you said Gilly is major figures I knew exactly where you going at and they came as a um Pull up in the star now. Yeah, that's yeah, us. That's us. Yeah, I had yeah. a song. I had a song called Yeah, that's me. that's me. And it was it was it was gaining a little traction. And right after that, that came and I was like, Are you serious? That killed that killed the whole little momentum that you had gained. It did and it didn't. Like what really killed my situation was again, life, man. Um dealing with real life. So I was like. It's cool, but I'm like, uh, let me let me mature as a man, cause I can make another song. That's nothing. That's true. Now, uh, I can remember when I uh, watched uh, you chopping up with Lil Mo a lot, and I know one of the uh, topics you uh, spoke on was you was changing up the message that you was putting out, man. What led to you to make that decision? Because you could have easily kept the rap that you was on, but you wanted to. You know, really start putting some 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 fat on some people's brains and switch up the message that you was you know, that you was coming out with, man. What led to that decision? Honestly, man, I don't know. I think I I think I mentioned this in the first interview uh, with Lil Mo, but I give it to you just part of my testimony. Around two around two thousand and six, remind you before that I said I wanted to be a player. I, so yeah. I created my my daughter was created around. Say, keep it all the way real, June of 2005. And my daughter was born uh, January 2006. She's 16. So uh, around that time, man, I had, honestly, my homeboy, Trey uh, Clemens, I was on the verge of killing myself, bro. I'm going to just keep it all the way real. And I was, at one point, I was homeless. And I was like, I made a pact with the most high. And I was like, either I'm gonna either I'm gonna get took out of here, I'm gonna kill myself. And I can remember making that call to my, my partner, hey bro, I can't do this no more, man. I don't care nothing about rap, I don't care nothing about nothing else. I got I just had a daughter. I was going through something with uh my fiance at the time, which ended up being my first wife. And then I was like, bro, I, I can't take it. And what saved my life, bro, believe it or not, I went to jail. I went to jail for four months. And that actually saved my life, man. Oh man, what did you end up going to jail for? Oh, uh, it was a little expect. They gave me a vandalism charge, and I was told to stay away from her. Cause, hey, I'm gonna give you, I'm give you an exclusive. The reason I know about lilacs because I used to have them. So that's why I'm encouraging people not to be like I used to be or elevate. 
Because I always say, you can get rid of the tendency and throw the lollipop away. So it's like growing as an individual, people take it, oh, man, you calling me a sucker. No, I'm just telling you to elevate. I'm just using the lollipop tendency as shock value. Because if you take it that you being a sucker, you are nine times out of ten, most people straighten up. But really, man, once I accepted Christ, because I am a firm believer in Christ, and a lot of people don't know that RMJR, my government name is Roland McClendon Jr. I'm not ashamed of it. But RMJR really stands for Real Manly Jesus Representative. But I also Ooh. found out deeper, because I'm a studier of the scripture, that uh, Jesus' original name when he was on the face of the earth was Yahshua Hamashiach. Nice, nice, nice. Now, one thing that you said you um, I'm saying you you, you got closer to Christ, and that's absolutely, when you really absolutely. you switched everything around, man. How do you feel about you know? Now, of course, a lot of us we grew up far as in the church, and you know, and for generations and generations upon generations, it's been the same thing where our grandparents instilled in our parents that you make sure you go to church, make sure your children know who God ideas and then they end up doing the same thing to us and then we end up doing the same to our kids how do you feel about like even these days that you know most people are kind of breaking away from that whole cycle like do you feel like that's a bad thing or how do you feel about that because you know a lot if you bring up God a lot of people don't even like to even talk about that subject anymore because I remember at one point growing up uh, growing up for me you know, that's how a lot of people, a lot of old black people talked about was God, like how good he was and stuff like that. But, you know, it seems like with everything that's been going on in the world, it's like a lot of people doubt it and a lot of people are have turned to non-believers. I mean, I my, my take on the whole situation is that, honestly, bro, before I started rapping, again, because I had stopped rapping once I accepted Christ, I was like, I'm through with it. And the most high through Christ with the Holy Spirit direction told me, hey, this is your journey. Because at one point, I was on the path of being a pastor. I felt like that was, the call, that was the calling on my life. So I studied the, uh, the history of the institutional church. And it was mind-blowing, man. And that actually led me to coming out of the institutional church altogether. Hmm. Because the institutional church is really a tool of Satan. And people are going to be like, what? Yeah, it's a tool of Satan because the, the order of worship, the term, the Bible, because I studied the scripture. We're dealing directly in scripture. The mm -hmm. Bible tells us to worship in spirit and in truth. Now, mind you, the word church in the Bible means ecclesia which means called out ones. It doesn't mean a building. That's a pump fake. And an, another thing that people will, will do not want to get into, a lot of people, oh, uh, Christ is coming back for the Christians. According to scripture, Christ is coming back for the lost sheep of the tribe of Israel. Now, you got a physical seed of Israel and you got a spiritual seed of Israel. He's coming yeah. back for the spiritual seed of Israel because the Israelites, which 
We are, if you study, and what I mean by we, the quote-unquote African-Americans, are Israelites, and we fail to follow the guidance of the Most High, so that's why we fit the direct description in the scriptures of the Israelites according to the curse in Deuteronomy 28. And what had to happen was we had to accept Christ, the pure blood of Christ, and I'm going to get into this. We might get into this in another interview. The reason that black people, quote unquote black people, because we're mm-hmm. really brown or because we're the Israelites, the reason we are hated, the scripture said you will be hated by all men for my name's sake. The reason we are hated because they know all nationalities know that we are direct descendants from the blood of Jesus Christ, the pure blood. That's why the blood is so important. But once you sin, you dilute the blood. That's why you have to go directly to the Savior to get that pure blood again. Yeah, you preaching, preaching, man. That's why I just been I, I haven't stopped anything. I just been letting you go on and go on, man, because uh I'm enjoying this. I'm definitely enjoying this, man. Now, um, you say uh, also you're a father. Absolutely. And your daughter as your daughter is 16. And with her being a young lady and she's growing into a uh, young woman, what are some of the uh, advice or what are some of the gems you drop on her far as, you know, dealing with life? Because, of course, you know, things were a lot different than when, when we were growing up. And, you know, close to 40 years later, it's a whole different ball game. So what is some of the advice that you give her as far as dealing with issues and dealing with real life situations? I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this because now normally I don't think I've ever mentioned my daughter's name. So I feel like that's a disservice to her. My daughter's name is Azaria Burks. She's actually, I, I tried to discourage her from doing it, but hey, everybody got their own path. She's actually on the verge of putting, she's in a process of recording her own album slash mixtape. Uh, she goes by the name of Big Zari and she got a song on the, on the verge of coming out called Out the Door. She's already recorded it. We got the artwork coming. So with that being said, man, I just try to guide my daughter. I tell her the truth. I tell her the nuances and just give it to her all the way real. And I also understand as a father, you can lead them, but at the end of the day, all parents need to hear this. You could do your job, but they still got a decision to make. That's just, it's just real. And not to mention, man, I'm a married man. I got two daughters. I got one biological daughter. And I got one daughter through marriage, but I've been in her life since she was 15. So I look at her as my own. Uh, my other daughter is Sierra Bell. She handled her business as well. So I got a, uh, I got two daughters. And I look, both of them, I don't look at them no different. They both, to me, they, they, they blood. They yours. They yours. Absolutely. Because a lot of people want to look at, I don't believe in step. Once I, I accepted don't her, she mine. And I think more men need to accept that once you get with a woman who already have a child, whether their father's there or not, that's your child. And, and that's just it. And, and I, I, exactly. had to, I, I had to say that because as a man, we have to push that line like, hey, let's handle this. Man, and, uh, I, and um, I really don't speak on my personal life on here either, but I'm going to uh, take the time to do this real quick. Um, when... I knew that I was going to marry my wife when I knew that she was the one that I wanted to have my last name. And when I made the move from Memphis down to uh, Knoxville, 
they like once I made that move and once I officially became a resident of the city, her kids automatically became mine. And that was before we even got the marriage license and stuff like that because I knew what came, I knew what I'm saying what came with the package. You know what I'm saying? I can't I can't push them out the way. They was here before I was. So yeah, at absolutely. the end of the day, I was like, nah, them my kids. And you know, I don't believe in step neither. You know what I'm saying? I don't leave. I, I don't believe in step. You know what I'm saying? Once I accepted the fact that I'm a, a their father, I'm her husband, and I'm their provider and protector. Hey, I'm here. So that's why I never, I never, I just shied away from that word step. Which is, you know, I don't look down on it or anything like that. But knowing that I'm here for the long run and I'm always going to be here in their life. You know what I'm saying those are my kids. Absolutely. Now, man, I want to know how did the uh, the program show come about? <laughs> okay, it's all part. Like a lot of people don't understand. With me, man, everything is layered. Uh, everything is really started from birth. But I was programmed one way. I was programmed. Let's let's be honest. Everything that I speak on on the D program channel, some people might not understand it. Right now, I got I'm I'm pushing two lines at one time, but people don't. They don't understand it, so I'm going to give them insight. I'm pushing the lollipop tendencies, and I'm also mm -hmm. pushing the uh, ban on the nigger mentality. I was programmed to have lollipop tendencies. I was programmed to be a nigger. So I have to understand that, hey, it's part of this programming is what led us down, would have led me down the wrong path to end up in the penitentiary or being a sucker who fall out the woman and not leading my household the right way. So the most high directed me after being deprogrammed after accepting Christ to also you as once you accept Christ, your duty is to pull others who want to go. Everybody don't want to go Who yeah, want to go. Yeah. Who want to go where you at? So I understand the resistance of those who say, hold up, man, you talking about, See, even with the word nigger, when me attacking the nigger mentality, CeeLo Green said it best. You ain't a nigger because you black. You a nigger because of how you act. Mm. And this is, and I broke that down on the video that I put on my channel called I'm Sick of Niggers. But if you just take a clip and don't listen to the whole thing, you'll miss it. That's why it's mm -hmm. important to pay attention to the whole thing. So the deprogrammed show actually comes from when I accepted Christ, I was I was deprogrammed. So I actually started. I have an album already recorded called the D. It call, it's called Deprogrammed. Yeah, so I remember. Once, yeah. So once I started the project, and it it started off as a quote unquote Christian album, but as I became closer to the most high it goes into other things and from the deprogram album you have the deprogram show which i didn't even intend for it to be a podcast i was actually coming together speaking truth to power because my whole one of my missions is to be a motivational speaker to True. actually dive in and help give back which i do on the side, not speaking on what I do, but I do on the side to various individuals, but actually helping change the lives of individuals. So it was the deprogram album, the deprogram show. You also have the deprogram book coming. 
So it's all it's all being branded together. So it all started by me accepting Christ, man. And once I accepted Christ, I wanted to put down, okay, man, I don't, I don't, I'm not really into hip hop because I know where the whole trajectory and where it come from and what it's really about with the chakras and everything. But that's part of my journey. So I had to say, okay, it's part of my journey. So let me deal with those individuals who still involved in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like ministry at all in one. So people be like, well, how are you a manager? Because I'm a manager because I took the time when I was a teen to understand the losses. I understand the game. I understand the legalities and stuff like that. That's why I'm a manager. I'm a, mu- I'm a music manager, but I'm also a life manager, which is really, I have a life coach ministry. It's called Exhort Life. If you go on my Facebook page and I give advice on, I have a couple of clients where I give advice on relationship advice, uh, business advice, uh, life advice, spiritual advice, because nice. I'm multi, I'm layered but people say, oh, that's the dude who will little more. But that's all that's all part of the plan and part of branding the deprogrammed brand. And even with that, it's all to give glory to the most high through Christ. Man, speaking of deprogramming. I feel like one of the uh, tactics that black folks really need to deprogram is, um, and you've seen, you witnessed this a lot of times before. When we'll push for someone to strive, I will push for someone to chase their dreams and we'll push for someone, we'll cheer them on and stuff like that. And we only doing it because, hey, if they don't make it, we can say, well, at least you try. But if they do make it, then I can try to be along for the ride. But then when that person who gets who makes it doesn't take you along for the ride, all of a sudden the support stops. All of a sudden it's F that dude. Uh, I ain't support him no more. He changed on us. Cause I, I spoke about this with Lil Mo on my uh on the new uh episodes coming out. Man, why do you think that mentality exists? Amongst uh, amongst us brown people, I mean, for one, I mean, you said the it best. It's like a lot of people only help you to 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 go along with where you're going. But if I'm growing, if I'm growing here, and this is something people got to realize, if I'm growing, if I'm growing this way, but you are taking a different direction, that means we're growing apart, and that's okay. That's okay. It's that's just part of life. Everybody is not on the same journey, and you have to accept that. That's even family members. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is my path. That might not be your path, but that don't mean I can't say, okay, I just hope your way of being, and I hope that helps you grow. That's not that's not where I'm at, but mm-hmm. I understand that we're on different paths. But again, man, a lot of people just grab a hold of what you're doing to ride your, as they say, wave to get where oh, you're right. going. And a lot of people got to understand that if this me, and I've never said this publicly, but you, you a brother to me. So I said on your show, the number one thing I cannot stand is a user. I cut you off quick. If I find out you trying to use me, that's just me. I'm, I, I have a pure heart. I'm not trying to use nobody. And mm-hmm. anything that I say, if you really look at the intent is to help. 
It's not the it's not the tear down. Now it might come off as harsh because you might need to hear it harsh, but it's really to build up. Simple as that. But a lot of people just trying to a lot of people only grab it's like I grab hold of you to uh benefit me when I really don't want to see you win. I only want to grab hold of you because I see, oh, it's, he got potential. Oh, let me grab hold of my brother Moss. No, my thing is I should want to see you win whether you take me along or not. I'm a man. And what, that's the what, same. And that's the same. Me, you know the same saying? mentality I got, man. Like, even if, okay, just hypothetically speaking, if someone comes to you with a deal and say, hey, we want to uh, we want to partner up with you and put your uh, show on our network and blase, blase, we're going to get you. And then guess what? I'm going to be clapping like that's my deal because the fact that once you and I linked and we got to know each other uh, on a, a professional level and personal level, I'm even more happier because I know your story. You know what I'm saying? I know what you've been going through far as with the media uh situation and i'm gonna be clapping and cheering for you and happy for you like it's my deal and that's one thing i feel like with us uh within our community man we really gotta stop that like there's nothing wrong with cheering that person on even if you're not a part of the victory your time gonna come absolutely that's the reason why i asked that question man because that's one of the things that that's like a pet peeve with me among us because you know just like i told you earlier I have uh, my nephew, K. More the Goat. He is doing damn good, and I'm proud of him. I told him told him this numerous times, and I've even had people who hit me up. Hey, bro, if that's your nephew, why don't he share your stuff all the time? Why don't he help you with this? Why don't he help you with that? At he the end of the day, own man. that's like I'm my own man. That's his situation. I don't want to. I don't want to sit there like I don't ask him to do anything for me. You know, I don't ask him to share my stuff. If I see it, then it's a surprise to me. And it's not to, I'm not taking shots or anything like that. It's the fact that I witnessed him build his own stuff up. So that will motivate me to build mine's up. You know what I'm saying? Okay. If, if, if I'm going to use him for anything, it's going to be for motivational purposes. You know what I'm saying? When I when I see he posts something, okay, let me put something together and put it on my YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Because he's working just as hard. And one of the things he's even taught me, is that you know consistency is the key to like in order to you know what I'm saying get what you want and like I said I look at him and other individuals including yourself at very as as motivators you guys motivate me even if I'm at work and then something pop off and I got to do like a quick news report on it I do it at work like I said you got I said everybody who I'm affiliated with or who I've done an interview with or who I've spoken to personally, you guys motivate me. And I appreciate that. But yeah, like I said, people will always ask me, like, why you ain't he if that's your nephew and he got all these views and these followers and stuff, man, he should have he should have put you in one of his skits. So therefore you can be on like that man ain't gotta do none of that for me. And I'm not asking him to. That's his stuff. He built that. He built that on his own. You know what I'm man, saying? I, I can't force him to do anything. I wouldn't even want him to do that because, like I said, I'm going to continue to use him as my motivation. You know what I'm saying? I don't need none of that. I'd rather build my stuff up organically. Absolutely. But see, what people got to understand is everybody's different. And I've, I stated this, uh, I think, one time me, me and uh, Maurice, a.k.a. Lil Mo, I like to mess with him. 
Maurice. <laughs> but uh, me and Lil Mo, we was interviewing uh Young Media and uh King Mister May Rest Rest His Soul. But uh, we was interviewing them, and they we was on the subject of Isaiah Rashad, and a lot yeah. of people. Isaiah Rashad being from Chattanooga, a lot of people have was like, man, he, he need to do this, he need to do that. Listen, man, just because, and I told him this, just because you would do it, that don't mean somebody else has to. Like, exactly. this is my thing. If I'm in the position, I just got to make sure, okay, wherever I'm at, if I work with you, uh, if I see what you're doing, if I got a platform, why wouldn't I say, hey, man, go tap into the Miles Talk podcast. I don't see it as competition. I see it as this brother is doing something positive. Let him help. Like with Lil Mo. A lot of people are like, man, how you hook up with Lil Mo? Me and Lil Mo, my reach, we different. So we're not going to agree on everything. So, okay, any way I can help anybody. Like that's not the same audience. Let me say this because a lot of people need to hear this. Me and Maurice, aka Lil Mo, we don't have the same audience. Don't I don't care. target that audience, so it was only right for me to go over there for the time I went over there and speak to that audience because my voice is important. I feel like it's important in numerous arenas. So why would I just keep in my arena and okay, I'm gonna just save what I gotta say for my people? My people is anybody who's willing to listen, and that's no matter what nationality. And that's another thing that people get caught up on. That's true. That's true. Now, when we talked about your whole beginning with the deprogramming, you spoke about the nigger mentality, man. For you, man, explain to those who may not know what that is. Like, what is the nigger mentality? All right. The nigger mentality is the nigger or nigger or whatever they want to say. Let's be honest. A nigger is a lower level thinking individual. You could be if you wanna if you wanna sell dope to your people, you a nigga. I don't care what color you are. If you wanna if you wanna uh, harm your people, if you don't wanna, if me and you have a disagreement, we're not gonna agree on everything. If we can't sit down and talk without one of us getting emotional, once you get emotional, then you done crossed over in the lollipop tendencies. Then mm -hmm. we can't sit down and hash things out. Oh, I wanna hurt you. That's a nigga mentality. Because you've been programmed, oh, if, if you won't listen to me, I got to hurt you. Really? What happened hey. to being a man? Hey, bro, we have a disagreement. You got my number, I got your number. Hey, hey, Moss, what's, what's going on, man? Uh, I, don't, I don't like how this, how this transpired. I'm not you. So as a man, I have the right, if we brothers, hey, bro, What's going on? Because you have your own way of thinking. I might not even understand it, but as a man, we are supposed to see, okay, this how this how this man thinks. You got to respect it. Even if you don't like it, you got to respect it. And that's the problem. Like a lot of people, I've had people say stuff about me, be it true or not true, and I had to eat it. Like far as when somebody say something not true about me, I'm not going to respond because it doesn't warrant a response. But at the same time, I'm never the one that's just going to shy away from somebody putting my face out there and saying stuff to paint a narrative about me because he who control images to control mine. And I'm not going to never let no one control the image that, that's put out about me. When I create, when the most high created a narrative for me, not nobody else. 
So once you see RMJR, you got to have, it's a standard behind it. And I live by a standard that I will not let no one tear down. Whether you understand me or not, that's different. Then you could come to get to know the man. And once you know the man, you'll be like, oh, it's a method behind everything he does. Everything. That's true. That's true, man. Man, you got, like I said, you had the, uh, you got the album. Of course, you got the show. And for those who are uh, who's looking at this right now, or maybe listening to it, if you're on YouTube uh, or if you're on uh, any Apple platform as far as podcast, the description to the deprogram show will be in the description box. So, yes, y'all can check out uh, this man's work. Man, run down uh, the line of people that you've interviewed so far, man. You got you got a catalog too, man. You got you got you got an archive also. I mean, I've interviewed uh, me and you've interviewed. We both interviewed Fiend. I've mm-hmm. interviewed uh, Big Rube from the uh, Dungeon man, that Family. Good. That was a good. One. Shout that out Rube, one. man. That's a personal friend of mine. Uh, Rube also did to the D program show. So when y'all tap and hear an interview. You hear is the legendary Big Rube, uh, Fiend Big Rube, Puller, aka another brother, man. Uh, who else? This is another name that people outside the hip hop arena might not know. Beverly Beatty, aka she's married now, Beverly Williams. I interviewed her, she's a big name for us, like in the she's she's controversial to some degree. With the uh, political realm, but also with uh, politics and the Christian faith. She's real big on that. So shout out to her. Her name is Beverly Williams now, her and her husband, uh, Ricky Williams. I'm on the verge trying to get Ricky on the show as well. But I interviewed Beverly. Who else have I interviewed? That's nationally known. Slick Puller. Was it somebody you interviewed uh, affiliated with G on it? Oh, G Unit Bug, Maserati Bug. Shout out Maserati Bug. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I also, I got a link back with him. Uh, she'll be coming soon. Project Pat. We we in negotiations. Uh, I mean, it's a, but see, this me, man. I try not to. I try to stand on my own too, man. I don't. With me, man, I don't care enough. Cause see, this is what a lot of people do, and no, no shade or nothing to. People who do it because everybody got their own lane. I don't want to base my channel based off of somebody else's celebrity. I want you to get the message. If you ain't there for the message, then you ain't going to always have a, a Uzi all. You're not going to always have a slick puller. You're, you ain't going to always gonna, have a guest. Yeah, you, you might just get me. <laughs> because what I got to say is king enough to, it's the D program show. It's not it's not the Slick Puller show. It's not Big Rube show. This is the D program show. Something to grab hold of your mind and really think. Because my goal at the end of the day, whether you agree or not, just think about it. Simple as that. Because you don't have to think like me. Just think. Oh, man. Man, for those who uh, might want to tap in with you far as an interview, man, let them know where they can find you uh, via social media. Man, I'm on... Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I'm on TikTok, The D Program Show. I'm also on Instagram. Uh, let's see, Instagram, Facebook, uh, RMJR. Or you could just hit me up on my uh, on my page, uh, my personal page, Roland McClendon Jr. I ain't hard to find. If I'm you gonna make find- sure all 
all of that is in the description box on everything. So therefore they can get directly in contact with you. And check this out, man. Like honestly, the nigga mentality gotta stop. The uh and the lollipop tendency gotta stop because this one thing with the lollipop tendency, I'm targeting mm -hmm. adult men because adult men is responsible for the underage boys that's growing up. Now I'm doing my work on that, but at the same time, if I see you as like I, I seen this in my father, my father was a womanizer. So me looking at my father, oh, I want every young man who has their father present want to be like their father. So if their father's a game banger, that's what they want to be like. Whatever their father is, good or bad, that's what they want to be like. So we have to change. That's part of deprogramming. Don't nobody like, don't nobody like to change. Oh man, I've been doing this so long. Let me keep doing me. But if you doing you is gonna lead to your son going to the penitentiary. Your child having premarital sex, somebody blowing one of your children's brains out. Don't you think it's time to stop? That's all, man. It's Speak simple. on it, man. Speak on it. Speak on it, man. Speak on it. Now you ain't you ain't I ain't heard one lie. That's why I haven't interrupted you, man. But I'm glad that we was able to make this happen. This is the first of many. Oh no, absolutely first plenty. I'm going to say that first of plenty because we got a lot more in store. We got a lot more on the way, man. So I just want to thank you for uh, taking the time out of I'm saying, your busy schedule, you know what I'm saying, to uh, link up with me, man. Like I said, we get, uh, we uh, we talk personally. We talk behind the scenes and stuff like that. Uh, I want to say even uh, while we on here, thank you for always checking up on me uh, when I was going through personal stuff. And, you know, I did the same for you also, but I just want to thank you, man, because you've you've uh, checked more on me, you know, than people who I actually know. And I, it's understandable because everybody got their own stuff going on. But, you know, you take you make time out to check. Hey, hey brother, you good. And hey, everything OK. How the family doing? So I just want to let you know that my viewers and my vis uh, my uh, my listeners know that I appreciate you all the way, man. And you always hey, got a support and love and respect over here. Man, I appreciate you as well. And let me say this, man, because I need to say this. Listen, Go ahead. everybody, and this is the campaign that I'm on as well. The Moss Talk podcast needs to be monetized. The deprogram show needs to be monetized. To be monetized. Because we have, and this is real. We ain't buying no views because y'all can look on our channel and see. Every view, every subscriber is real. Every comment, every like, and we like I said, we had a, we had a uh, outside conversation about this this morning, and it's just like, like I said, I was tempted. I was definitely tempted. I'm I ain't I'm not gonna sugarcoat. Yes, I was tempted because, and I had to realize I can't fall in the trap. Okay, I can't fall in that trap like everyone else because I I I'd just be following the pack. I'd be following the pack, and then not to mention it's, it wouldn't be organic. You know what I'm saying? I bought my way into this, so I'd rather get it, you know what I'm saying, out the mud. I'd rather get it, you know, on my own than sit there and say, oh, okay, I bought these views. Okay, here you go. I don't, I wouldn't feel right with myself. So, like I said, I was tempted. Like I said, I have so many of those uh, those companies who email me, who inbox me. Hey, you can get this amount of views and subscriptions for this amount. And that, 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 Like I said, I'm tempted because, you know, I get discouraged sometimes. Like, damn, why my stuff ain't hitting like this? Or why my stuff ain't in the algorithm? I do, but I had to remember, man, like, no, it's best when you get it, uh, when it's real, when it's all genuine, and when it's all authentic. And think about this, man. Me believing in the scripture, 
They tried to get Christ to take a shortcut. Once you take a shortcut, people don't know you selling your soul. And it ain't nowhere around it. You nope. get mad. Hey, I stand on morals and principles. Once you take a shortcut, every shortcut in life has cost you something. Think about it. Well, yeah, man, we got to We got to those, those are words to live by. Those are words to live by. Every, every shortcut yeah, like in it. life done cost you something. Damn, I like that. I'm gonna, uh, that's something I'm a, I can like uh, apply to, you know, say in my everyday life. I like that. Hey, man. that's another. <laughs> see, I'm a man of many phrases, man. Like, see, like I got the lollipop tendency for the men. I ain't gonna tell y'all what I got for the women yet, cause I know people be like, ah. Oh. Cause see, look, with phrases, like I got a shirt. A lion never loses sheep, never loses sleep over the opinion of sheep, and this is what people don't understand. Mm -hmm. I put that phrase out a while ago, and I seen an NFL player from my city when he was going to the Super Bowl put it on his thing, and I'm like, you never know who watching you. Sometimes you I, I might, hey, I might give y'all one or two for free, but you can't have all of them. <laughs> you can't. Hey, you, that's, <laughs> you can't have all of them. God, look, I don't mind. I don't mind. I give a few of them away to somebody I know who's gonna do something with it. So hey, if you want that, I, I I'm a free giver. You can have that. Anytime no, I, you I, take, I, I like it. Like it. <laughs> you can have it. Anytime you take a shortcut, it's gonna cost you something. Think about it. Or I like I like something. it. I like it to apply to my my real life right there, man. That's like that's where it, it caught me. I like that, man. But like I said, man, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. I man, appreciate I appreciate you, you, man. I appreciate your work because it's hard when you're doing true and genuine work, and a lot of people might feel like it's getting overlooked. But that's why I'm telling you, brother to brother, bro, you doing the right thing. Don't you ain't got to buy no views. You ain't got to buy. Listen, they overlook Christ and de until they needed him. In due time, that's Absolutely. all I keep saying to myself. In due time for us. And everything with our time will definitely come. So, you, I got your support. You got my support. We got this. So, y'all who watch this, if because I'm gonna share this on my page, y'all who watching on the D program show side on RMJR side, when you see this, if you rock with me, y'all need to go subscribe to the Moss Talk podcast. And if you rocking with JJ Moss and you, if you agree or disagree with RMJR, I don't mind. Come over here, hit, even if it's hit smoke. that subscribe button, hit that like button. Hey, trust me, if you watch his live, he don't mind uh going back and forth with you. Like he you can chime in, he'll he give you his opinion and he will give you the opportunity to give your opinion. Trust me. Yeah, I, I mean the thing about it, man, if we can't have a conversation, what are we doing? Like, I'm not in my feelings about like listen, if I'm all about elevating people, if you say something about me and I get in my feelings. That means I got I still got the lollipop tendency. So how, am I be, so how am I gonna be trying to elevate you? And then I say, oh, oh, I'm mad at you. Man, come on, really? Let's elevate together. We can have a conversation. You don't have to agree with everything I say. But if you think about it, you'll be like, whoo, he might, he might be on to something. That's all he I want you to do. Be on <laughs> but y'all subscribe, man. And this is another thing. If, I'm going to say this, because officially I can't even say I got a podcast yet, but it's coming. 
And what I mean by that, if you're not on all platforms, you don't have no podcast. Let's be honest. He, he on the way. He he coming. He on the way. Did he program? Yeah, I got I got the information. I got the yeah. information. And I'm gonna tell y'all directly. Shout out to my brother JJ Moss. He gave me the information. Real brothers look out for real brothers. I got to say that. That's real. I'm on the way. Simple. When that audio drop, trust me, I will be hit, uh, be sharing it and letting people know, hey, you can check out the audio too. It ain't got to be strictly YouTube. So far as on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Google, all of that, hey, he uh, he's on the way. The D-Program show is on the way. Yeah, man, I appreciate you, man. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. Because, hey, man, you, you changing lives whether you know it or not. And that's what it's all about. You're doing the same thing, man. Like, uh, you're doing the exact same thing, man. You, uh, you're exactly what I feel like we need as far as, you know, looking at these programs we have on YouTube and stuff like that. You know, in due time, the positive is going to outshine the negative outlook. Like, it is. I know it is, man. So, th- I just want to say thank you. We always going to be in communication. And y'all be on the lookout for the uh, next segment with J.J. Moss, Moss Tower Podcast, and your boy, RMJR, the, the program show. Absolutely. Hey, y'all tune in. Stay tuned. Get your popcorn ready. Yes, we got it coming, man. I'm J.J. Moss. This is the boy, RMJR, and we are out. Yep. <laughs>